this is the messy back end, where experts share customized business advice and tips about all the messy stuff that goes on behind the beautifully branded front end of entrepreneurship. This is where most businesses fail. So we're here to help you save time, make money, and succeed. And now your hosts of The Messy Back End, Sheila J. Davis and Nate Tucker. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you all so much. We have a wonderful show to, for you today. Uh, Jessica Heron, founder and CEO of Stella and Dot, once said of entrepreneurship, you have to see failure as the beginning and the middle, but never entertain it as an end. And later on, we're going to be talking with my good friend, Micah Koala, about the beginning messes of entrepreneurship. Now, Mike knows about failures and the successes of business as his last three businesses hit seven figures in under three years. And he's currently starting two new ventures that we'll talk about later on as well. During our podcast today, you'll hear from real entrepreneurs with real messy backends. And our experts will help them by sharing their experience, expertise, and the tools they suggest to get it all cleaned up. If you're an entrepreneur with a messy backend and you would like to have advice from our experts, we want to hear from you. So give us a call at 801-810-6726 or visit us at themessybackend.com. If you are an entrepreneur with a messy backend and you would like to be a guest or submit a question, give us a call at 801-810-6726 or visit us at themessybackend.com. Are you ready to put your business on autopilot and actually live your life? We simply offer the best strategies and solutions anywhere online at Lock and Load Marketing development, design, and marketing solutions to keep your business on target. Come conquer life's challenges with laughter with our very own Nate Tucker, founder of laughingwithnate.com. Funny guy, photographer, digital marketer, entrepreneur, philanthropist, animal lover, and most importantly, pizza connoisseur. Visit laughingwithnate.com. Now let me introduce you to our wonderful, amazing panel this week. We have Trish Thomason, one of our regular expert panelists, founder of Social Buzzerfly. Trish has a love of social media that grew from her 12 years climbing the corporate ladder, then managing and operating a local company, rebuilding it from the ground up through sales and social media. We have Lori Cartman, another, another one of our regular expert panelists. Lori is the CEO of Lori Cartman and Company a multi-award winning management consulting and legal services firm and coach Lori, an executive coaching practice. Lori is a sought after speaker and prolific writer with over 30 years of real world experience to share, having owned over half a dozen successful businesses. We also have Pooja Krishna. She brings over 24 years of business experience to Maroon Oak, a leading networking platform and digital marketplace for women entrepreneurs. She also writes and teaches about digital media and brand building. She has been featured on Huffington Post, Forbes, and Thrive Global, among others. As a mom and classroom mentor, Pooja believes that success is about mindset first. 
Before the show, our panelists are given a detailed description of our entrepreneur listeners' biggest messes. In this segment, we like to call the E-Mess. Our expert panelists will each share their best advice, strategy, or tool for success. The entrepreneurs who submitted the messes will then choose the advice that they like the best and what they feel is the best solution for their situation. Then in 30 days, we invite them back to hear how the solutions affected their business. Listeners can find out more about these detailed descriptions of the messes at themessybackend.com slash 10. If you would like to send in your messy situation, give us a call at 801-810-6726 or email us at hello at themessybackend.com. And now on to our expert panel for their expert advice. Don't mess your seat, folks. Here we go. Okay, so let's get started with Lori. Lori, why don't you help us get started with the first question, which is um, lost on my screen. Nate, what is the first question? How do I know what business to start? Is that the first question we're going after? I believe. Nate, our messy back end is showing right now. Lori, why don't you tell us what question you're going to be answering today? Well, um, Nate's question, how do I know what business to start, is something that works for me. So why don't we just jump in there? Wonderful. Sounds good. Go ahead. You know, um, it's it's actually a very interesting question. You know, how do I know what business to start? And... I always ask people when they're looking to go into business, I ask them, I say, what are your hobbies? What are the things that you absolutely love to do? If you could get up every morning and go to work to do something you absolutely love, what would you be doing? Because I believe that for every passion, there's a business. And I have helped many people, you know, transition. Uh, One of my coaching clients uh, was a healthcare writer, um, but she was very interested in Reiki. So we did a plan and we transitioned her into being in the Reiki business because that's what she has a passion for. So one of the things that I tell people also is to ask their friends and their family, send them a little note and ask them very simply, what do you think I'm good at? Because you'd be amazed at what people will come back and see as being your talents and your skills that you may not even have realized you have those talents or skills. And those are, you know, knowing what those talents and skills are is something that, you know, is a really great help in helping you determine what kind of business you should start. Yeah, definitely. The other thing too, um, Brian Chesky, who founded Airbnb, if you know what that is, is like where people basically they, they make their homes into hotels. Right. Um, he actually said, if we try to think of a good idea, we wouldn't have been able to think of a good idea. You just have to find the solution for a problem in your own life. So that as well as, and I actually see that post quite often on Facebook, right? Is like, what do you guys think I'm good at? So that's really good. But also thinking of what is a problem you have in your personal life that you would like to solve yep. um, and do that? I have an excellent example of that. One of my clients, matter of fact, she adopted a child and she was working in the banking industry. So I don't have to tell you it's crazy hours. And she had nowhere to leave her child when she went to work and she didn't want to put her child into daycare. And she realized that there was really no place where you could just sort of drop off your kid, you know, for a few hours and then come pick them up. So she created um, a concept, which is a drop-in childcare center. 
So it's not daycare, it's childcare. Uh, you can drop your child off, you know, for a few hours a day or, you know, at night or whatever you need, but it's not daycare and you just, you pay by the hour. Um, and she did that based exactly what you're saying, based on her own need to have a place to put her daughter while she worked during the day. So that really is the right place to start. Look in your own life and see what problems you have and how can you go about solving those problems for yourself and for others. That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, the whole reason I started doing what I do is because I needed to be home with my kids. Uh, my employer actually told me when I told them I couldn't come in to work one day, um, I had a letter from the doctor that both of my children had H1N1. They both had 104 fevers. They were under the age of 10. And I said, I can't wow. commit. He said, that's not acceptable. When will you be in? And I'm like, that's not acceptable. I'm not coming in. I actually, I worked at home for two weeks, took care of them, went back to work and then said, you know, forget it. I can't come and work. This is ridiculous. Right. So, you know, I just actually started a career at home doing what I was already doing. So there's another opportunity is what are you doing? And that's what Trish kind of did too, right? Um, you know, and we'll get to Trish in a second, but she was doing social media for another company and now she's doing social media at home. So yeah, that's absolutely. Pooja, if you would like to talk about that same topic or cover, the next question is how in the world do you name your business? Um, and that seems so hard for people and it should never be something that stops you from moving forward is waiting for a name. But how do you take that next step once you have that idea? So hi everyone. Very quickly on the first question on uh, how do you start a business? I absolutely agree that cliche though it might sound, go with your passion, go with what excites you. But having said that, uh, don't fall in love with your idea because interests and aptitudes evolve. You might realize that you love crafts, but as you dive deep into it, you might realize that you actually enjoy teaching how to craft more than you actually like creating one. So be open to how your taste and how your success evolves. Having said that about uh, naming a business. So I think uh, when we're naming a business, think technology. You might start small, but you might want to set up a website and a Facebook page and, and so forth. So pick a name ideally, and this is my recommendation, pick a name which marries what you do with another word so that it's very easy to get a domain name. An example is a name like Skill Crush. It's a, it's a huge platform. It's a company which lets you skill up on coding, but by using the word skill, and a word crush, which is an unlikely word combo, they manage to get that domain name very easily. And yet anyone who listens to that name knows it's something to do about scaling up. So this is a good tactic. Uh, go to any free platform and check out if the domain name that you like is available. Uh, play around with a few verbs and nouns and you'll have your combination of words. Again, uh, a lot of people go with names because it's something personal to them name of your child or something that you were called or something else, and that's fine too. If you do that, make sure you have a powerful tagline which describes what your business does. So the minute I see your name or your logo, I instantly know what you bring, uh, what you do, and what value you bring to the audience. I like that a lot. Um, one of the biggest things that I struggled with when I started my business, and like you said, you don't really ever, I mean, I, I would like to know, and some of you who are not watching video, I'll tell you, but how many of you started your business and you're still doing what you started your business doing? Yes. 
Me. Okay, you guys are the exception. How can it be that two out of the three people are still doing what they started out doing? I know Nate does like 15 different things. I started out as a virtual assistant doing exactly what I was doing inside an office. And now I do branding and websites and so, and you know, business consulting. So you step outside of that. So using something that helps you evolve. I really like combining a word and that's exactly what Trish did. Her business is social buzzer fly. So she's putting the buzz into social media, right? So that's really clever. And that's a great way to come up with a, a URL that's available. Um, a business that I just started working with did this where um, Karen's creation, which is in Morgan's Utah, she is Karen. She started her business and now she's retiring. Her son is taking over and he doesn't want to, you know, I'm Karen's creations. And so we thought of a new name for him, which is shirts to a T. And if you can believe that URL was available, super cute name, great brand, check it out. Um, so we, we came up with that new name, but how fun the way I came up with that name was I was actually telling my 15 year old that I needed a name for a t-shirt company. <laughs> and she goes shirts to a T. It took five seconds. So a great way too is to ask your kids hey, what do you think about this? Because then, you know, that becomes something fun for them. But then once you have a name, once you've decided what you want to do, Trish, now, you know, so many people think before you can even start taking clients, you have to have a website and this and that and the other and 15,000 other things. I started looking in the paper, called up a bunch of people, had no idea what anything was going to do and it worked. So what are the basics that you need to have in place before you start taking on those new clients? I mean, honestly, you barely need anything before you start taking on new clients besides you having the skill to actually perform what you say you're going to do. So, I mean, you come up with your business name and then yes, you can find, you know, maybe your .com or .net or whichever, um, you know, start your social media platforms. You know, there's a whole list of things to do, but you can start taking in customers. I think that your first thing to do is to get customers and get that experience and get that ball rolling first. Some people feel like they need to have everything set up first perfectly before they even take a customer. Some things can come in time. You know, I remember sitting down with my accountant and she was the one who teach me how to set up the LLC and how to, you know, uh, set it up best for tax purposes. And some of these things kind of came in time uh, where maybe initially I didn't uh, have any bookkeeping, but now I do. So it's, it's something that you can just take one step at a time and, and just accept that for what it is, you know? Yeah, I agree. And you know, when I first started, I didn't even know how I was going to get paid. And yeah. I, since I worked with people right here in town, I, they actually just paid me with a check and then I got PayPal and then I moved on to Thrivecart. And so mm -hmm. really, like you said, if you have a skill, you have a business. Now, one thing that I want to add to that too, because you mentioned doing an LLC, my daughter is starting, um, they're doing, uh, well, they edit this podcast first off um, and they do film editing. Um, she does content writing and things like that but they don't have an LLC or anything. And so what they did is they just simply did a DBA, which is perfectly fine. Somebody told them you have to have an LLC 
There's no other way. The DBA is the poor man's business. You know what? A DBA gets you started and gets money coming in the door so that you're okay with the tax guy. And this is for the United States. Obviously, it depends on what country that you're in. Um, Check which in your country, what is the minimum that you have to do to legally take money as a business? Those are the two things, right? Skills and make sure you're taking money the right way, honestly. Right. Nate, right. what advice do you have to? Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I started as a sole proprietor and then eventually yeah. changed it for tax purposes so you can yeah. save some money. You know, yeah. it's, it really just depends on your business. And that's why it's important to talk to a professional. You're as when you start a business, you don't need to know everything, but you do need to know someone who knows that specific topic and yeah. rely on them to help you. Yeah. And you know what? Honestly, most tax guys, uh, most attorneys, Lori, collect me, correct me if I'm wrong. Most of them are willing to answer that initial question for you so that down the road, they're going to get the business, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Cause you're an attorney in Canada, correct? Correct. So if someone called you and said, Hey, what is the minimum I need to have for a business in Canada? You would be like, here it is. Right. Yeah. Cause Lori and I actually had to talk about, she's going to help me with some licensing down the road. Yeah. Lori, she's, she's amazing. Nate, we are way over on the time on this, but I really don't care because I think this is so incredibly important for the people who are just starting out. What is your advice? Because you work with a lot of brand new businesses too. Yeah, I do work with a lot of brand new businesses and something that I would give advice of um, kind of wrapping like what we all talked about today uh, on this episode is that, yeah, find your passion and, you know, make sure that you're good at it. Uh, like, like we kind of found out, it's like, you might be better at teaching than doing. Um, but you don't really need a whole lot other than showing what skills you already have. Um, like I've been doing photography professionally, like people will pay me to go take their photos. Um, I've been doing that for a while now and I don't even have a dedicated website for like my photography. Um, it's called Instagram. Instagram definitely helps. Nate Tucker, Instagram at Nate Tucker. Nate Nate Tucker Tucker is one of them. That's not my photography one. It's Nathan Allen Media. Nathan Allen Media. Okay. Yes. Yes. So, uh, but like what I was getting at is it's not like you had to set up all of these systems in place in order to start making money. It, It was first like, oh, let me just start sharing some of my photos or reaching out to people even. Hey, I know that you want, you know, a LinkedIn profile headshot. If that's what you want to do, if you want to do headshots, uh, uh, whatever it may be, just go and reach out to people, uh, you know, give them a good deal. Be honest with them. Be like, Hey, I'm just starting out, but this is something that my, is my passion. Um, will you work with me to help me make my dreams come true? And hopefully I'll be able to help you out better, you know, take something that you're skilled out help other people. If you bring success to other people uh, and you bring value to them, they're going to reward you with fun coupons. Uh, I absolutely love that. I think that's probably some of the best advice we got. I hate to quote another guy, but um, Adam Newman, who's the co-founder of WeWork actually said, and I, this right follows perfectly with Nate, that people are the most important thing business model and product will follow if you have the right people. And this other guy who's the co-founder of Eve Sleep, who has a really long name, I have no idea how to say, his first name is Jazz, says, don't get distracted. Never tell yourself that you need to be the biggest brand in the world. 
Start by working on what you need at the present moment and then what you need to do tomorrow. So set yourself manageable targets. Well, once again, our expert panelists have taken us over and above. This has been a fantastic segment um, with our panelists. You guys are amazing. And so if you, yep, you, you're the one that's listening right now, felt inspired to take any of our panelists' advice in your business or in your life, and you would like to share what suggestions you used in your business, please let us know your progress. The key to making this podcast really work is to hear about the results of the suggestions that are given. This allows us to be able to learn not just from the expert's point of view, but from the execution of the suggestions provided. At this point in our show, we would like to share with you the messes that have been cleaned up by our expert panelists who have shared their advice with entrepreneurs who have visited the show. Since this is a new show, we don't have the stories to share with you yet, but we will very soon. At The Messy Backend, we do things a little bit differently. We don't just dish out advice and expect it to work. We will give advice to our entrepreneurs who call in or who submit their questions, and then you can come back in 30 days and tell us the results of the advice that was given. Did it work for you? Did it not work for you? What did you try that did work? What questions do you still have? We want to be able to give a full, well-rounded solution to your messy backend. So be sure and join us so that we can hear not only the messy backend, but how you cleaned it up. So be sure to join us, not just for the messy backend, but also the cleanup. Do you have big ideas for your business, but you need a little help with those logistics? Or maybe you've been so busy building your business that you haven't had the time to give your customers that much needed TLC? That's where Pam Langard at Ridgetop Virtual Solutions comes in. She can help with that. RidgetopVirtualSolutions.com from shopping online to determining if Amazon Prime is a good deal for your family, check out truemoneysaver.com and manage your money so you can get more even though you're spending less at truemoneysaver.com. Welcome back to the messy backend. We are here today with Michael Koala, entrepreneur, author, and co-founder of Dinner Table MBA. Michael has been an entrepreneur since 2001 and he has a strong passion for marketing, startups, his family, and the Florida beaches. His last three businesses each hit seven figures in under three years, with his third being ranked the 144th fastest growing company by Inc. Magazine. He's an author, has been featured on CNN, interviewed by Anthony Robbins, and featured in over 100 publications over the last few years. I kind of feel like we should have like a, an audience like applauding after like <laughs> Michael's like, you know, intro. Let's Michael, yeah, I really appreciate you being one of our regular um, experts on the messy back end. And today we're talking about um, starting up a business. So, and I know recently you've started up two new ventures, which we kind of yeah. talked about a little bit. So you're kind of in the trenches with the rest of us. Kind of feels good to have you here with us. Um, so why don't you just tell us, a, first tell us a little bit about the two ventures that you have started and then tell us what, to, what the next steps are once you've kind of got that little bit of start within, within you. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, first off, be humble in the, in the beginning and, you know, remove ego from everything. Um, you know, again, I've been 20 plus years in this and, you know, I just want to tell folks right away, um, nobody's got that crystal ball um, at all. So, you know, one, 
don't be married to your idea. Make sure, you know, you might have a passion and that's great, but you have to make sure that the market has a passion for what your passion is. So a lot of folks will, you know, come up with an idea and I came up with something that's highly passionate to me. Um, you know, we've spoken about this, I think, on previous um, episodes. You know, I am, you know, I feel sick with the fact that, you know, one out of five kids, one out of six kids contemplate committing suicide. Um, and I wanted to see what I could do to help that. I was very passionate. I was very married to it. I've lost friends um, from suicide. And, you know, these numbers are alarming. But the fact of the matter is, is trying to bring that message to the market the last six months. It's not what parents want to hear. Parents want to hear that my kid is a straight A student. My kid is the all-star in sports. Um, everything that is, you know, great. And we all love the best for our kids. And every parent out there that loves their kid wants the best for the kids. However, um, this is not what the market wanted to hear. So I have to be humble. I have to remove my ego and be willing to say, let me pivot. So I've pivoted a lot over the last six months by testing different things. So how do I test? You know, I think that's more of a, um, you know, of a better question maybe for me to answer and share is, you know, what I did is I said, who's out there that has really, really good messages? and who has very big audiences and not just those who are out there on Instagram saying that they're an influencer and, you know, they're, a, you know, an expert in something like who's really got a real business, you know, so right. do your homework. And so what I did is I went out and saw who those folks were in the space who had a positive message that I believed in. And then what I did is I go and I, there's a, a, a plugin everybody can use. It's free on, on Google Chrome and it's called uh, the Facebook Pixel Helper. And what I did is I want to make sure that every one of these folks, and if they're big and they're famous and they're good at what they do, they're going to have a Facebook Pixel on their website. And most likely they're also going to be running Facebook ads. And so what you want to do is to go onto Facebook, go to their Facebook account, and then look at what ads they're running. And you can look at any ad that anybody's running. Um, and what you do is you look at the ads that they're running and it will show you. And what you want to do is look at all of the copy. And anybody who's very good, let's take a guy like, um, I don't particularly um, agree with everything out there, but he's big Facebook advertiser, Ty Lopez. Um, so Ty Lopez will have 20, 30, 40 different ads running at any time. What you want to do is look at all of the copy that they're using, number one. Number two, you want to subscribe to whatever offer they have. They'll be giving something away for free. And then what I want you to do is go back to your email when you subscribe. And I take that email and create a rule. If you use Google, you can say any time that an email comes from this person, have it go into this folder. And I want you to have it go into a folder because I want you to ignore the first 10 days of those emails. And so do that for five to 10 of your competitors or people who are in the space that you want them. And what you want, will notice then is 10 days later, seven days later, whenever you, know, you have enough emails in each, go and look at how each of them are emailing you. What is the subject lines? What are they offering? What's the copy? They're probably touching on every pain point that your market has out there. Now you can actually reverse engineer the funnel that you can use for yourself. This works brilliantly and you're going to save yourself a tremendous amount of money, a tremendous amount of headaches. So basically 
that's exactly what we did is I went out and I said, all right, here are some folks out there that I really enjoy their messages. Let me see what they're doing. Let me take their messages. Let me use it. I ran a test to something that wasn't even live. It's not real. It's not, you know, something that I even had yet. And so will people subscribe to this? And people did. And thus we came out with uh, product number one. That's awesome. Like, I don't know, Nate, I just made a mess in the seat. This is like, <laughs> seriously, like, that's just a, a, a piece of gold. You still have five more minutes, and I don't even know if we have to continue because that was so brilliant. Great. Um, I'm completely <laughs> blown away. I don't even know what to ask next. I'm like, holy crap, you just gave us an entire sales funnel. No, yeah. it's, he's, he's right, though. He's fan, like, you know, um, I used to work for an email marketing company. Uh, I'm not going to drop names of who I work for, but a very large email marketing company. And so I used to be able to look at all of the, the copy and everything, you know, as people are like, Hey, I need help with this. I need help with that. I'm looking through. And it, like you said, uh, these people that are good, those are the ones we want to copy. Uh, we want to copy their copy, <laughs> like not directly because you might get in trouble, no, make it but, your own. but, but yeah. And, but just like any type of, industry say you're a basketball player as a little kid like when i was a little kid you know this is going to show my age uh but when i was a little kid we worshiped you know michael jordan because he's the greatest basketball player of all time i will argue that even to this day uh second greatest steve nash but anyway if you wanted to be a good basketball player you would watch watch him and you'd copy him and you'd try to do everything that he would do if you wanted to be him, you know, everyone wanted to be like Mike. And it's the same sort of thing. It's like, yeah, uh, if you want to be really good at figuring out how to write marketing for marketing, go follow Ty Lopez. Or if you, whoever it might be, maybe if I want to create uh, a business around, you know, teaching my children at the dinner table how to be successful businessmen, I'd go and copy your copy for Dinner Table MBA. But whatever it may be, it's like you go and find, like you said, your competition, follow what they're doing right, make it your own, because uh, you still got to have that in it. But yeah, make yeah. it your own. And, and, then and try to own. keep your foot in multiple different industries. And what I mean by that is, you know, even with every business I've ever had, I've always attended conferences outside my industry. And the reason for that, and the reason why I want to you know, point that out is that we all get, you know, I remember when I was on Wall Street, everything to me was, you know, oh my gosh, the economy's falling apart or the economy's great or whatever it may be. And it, it was, I was so entrenched uh, in that. When I was uh, in software with Twitter, everything was around social media and Twitter and like things are going great or things are going bad. And it's like, it becomes, that is our world. But I think when we step outside of that and go into other different like niches or spaces, we start seeing that there's a lot more out there that, you know, and, and it puts us in a more positive mindset, number one. And number two, it can help us to bring a different spin to whatever we're offering with, you know, because if they're already doing business with two or three of your competitors out there, first off, I don't believe there's ever a competitor. We can all work together. But if they're doing business with them, why are they going to do business with you? But if you can bring a different spin to it, and the only way to bring a different spin is if you step outside whatever your niche is. So for me, Obviously, you know, I love marking, but I also have a very big, strong passion for, you know, seeing that our children are healthy in the future. So I kind of merge those two together. 
I love right. that. And you know what? I, I'll have to say, having worked with real estate agents for 20 years, if real estate agents <laughs> would step outside of their own industry and see what other people are doing, they will become better marketers. They will get more clients because they're so, they, they're in tunnel vision when they get in there. So when you step outside of your industry, you're going to get ideas that you can twist and make work in your own industry. And then that will like spiral you to the top of your list because you're not doing the same thing that everybody else is doing. 100%. Yeah. So one more question for you, Mike, and we only have a couple minutes left, but what, what is probably the number one pitfall? I know you mentioned humility, which is huge. Cause I know, especially when we get so excited about our idea, we, you know, sometimes you become like that Mack truck or that train, yeah. but what are some of the, what is one of the other biggest pitfall that you see when entrepreneurs are first starting out that they need to watch for? Um, what do you do uh, when you do get your first customer? Um, so a lot of times we get our first customer and then right away we're focused on our second customer or a third or fourth or whatever it may be. In the online world, it's you, know, you get 100 and then you want 1,000 and then you want 10,000. But what about that one? You know, so you know, you and I, I think, uh, well, we've known each other a while, but um, you, you knew in my previous software company, I was highly active. I still, to this day, have people emailing me. Um, you know, I just sent an email out to my list recently, and I have people, you know, like emailing me, like, Mike, I've always, I'll do business with you wherever you go, if, if I have a need for it, because, you know, you're so involved. And I think a lot of people, you know, forget that. So, you know, let me dial back. I think we brought this up in the, the last episode is, you know, when I had my cleaning company, five years later, I had management in place and everything. I was running another company at the time, but I still went out and occasionally saw some of my original customers just to kind of sit down at the dinner table with them and talk to them about their life. I had this old gentleman, I remember, you know, who, um, you know, used to give me Christmas gifts every year and just used to love when I would come out and, you know, it would make me have a glass of wine with him. It was just, you know, when I had my software company, it's getting on the phone with people and just, how are you doing? what do you like about this? What do you hate about what we do? You know, what are you, who else are you doing? But like learning and learning. And by doing that, you can now make your product or your service or whatever it is that you offer that much better because you're, you're keeping a pulse. I think too many owners or too many business owners, we try to move fast and play business by putting other people in place and we're too big to, no, screw that shit. Get on the phone and speak to your customers as frequently as possible or get belly to belly, that's, which is even better, and really get to understand what is going on in their life because your product can become that much better. Definitely. I love that advice because you're so right. A lot of people do. They get their first client and then instead of taking great care of that person, they start moving on to the next one before they finish with that one. And I understand that you kind of have to do that, but you have to keep that relationship. And that's one thing I've always liked about you, Mike, is I feel like you're so approachable. And I think the world became really big and with social media. And I think people are trying to bring it in now and bring it more close to home. And they really want that personal touch. And I think that's one thing that you've always definitely given. And it's, it's, it's going to grow your business. I mean, there's four things that growing a business. You need traffic. You need to activate that traffic. And when you activate it, that means either an email address, a phone number, or something of that sort. Once you activate it, you, you've got a, you know, you've got that customer, right? Now, what do you do with that customer? You over service them, you delight them. And when you do that, number four happens by itself, which is virality and word of mouth. And what happens when you get word of mouth or virality, you get more traffic, you activate yep. that traffic, you delight that customer, 
virality. And that's, you know, it's just now you can do think build things in and that should be a separate episode is how do you build word of mouth marketing into your product? How do you build virality into it? I went last night to uh, a networking event, uh, met this uh, I call him a kid. He's young, but 29 years old, what have you. Um, he, he's one of the, the first creators of a, a company called Yearbook. Um, so he's been around the internet space for, for a while. And uh, he came out with a new product right now. I'm looking at his product. It's incredible. It's for podcasters. But he's built so much virality into that product, meaning from a customer standpoint to a user experience, every part. So we're automatically forced to kind of share the product or service with other folks. You can do that. But the best way for that to happen also, if you don't have it built in, is just picking up the phone or knocking on the door and talking to that person. Yeah, definitely. Which is why podcasts are a great are. marketing tool because you're talking to these people. Thanks so much, uh, Mike, for sharing your time and especially for your knowledge with us. Remember, if you're an entrepreneur with a messy backend and you would like to have some personalized advice from our experts, give us a call at 801-610-6726 or visit us at themessybackend.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or by visiting themessybackend.com slash subscribe for a different platform so that you never miss an episode. A big thank you to our entrepreneurs and listeners who provide us with their questions and messes so we can help each other learn and become more successful. Our expert panelists, Trish Thomason, Lori Cartman, and Pooja Krishna, and our guest expert, Michael Koala. Thank you for your time and expertise in helping us clean up messy backends all over the world. A big thank you to my co-host, Nate Tucker, who helps bring out your inner beauty and vision through coaching, photography, and video at laughingwithnate.com. Stanley Bostwick, who helped us, well, let's face it, he actually did our audio and video editing and believe me, that was a big, messy backend. Cassandra Boswick, my beautiful daughter, who is a much better writer than I, who helped with the show notes and editing. Remember, if it tires you out, hire it out. Put your business on autopilot so you can actually live your life. Visit lockandloadmarketing.com for more than just marketing. We clean up and help with the messy backend, but we also make the front end look beautiful. Woo, well, that's all we have for today's episode of The, 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 the Messy b -b -b Backend. Join us again next week as our experts share more customized business advice and tips about all the messy stuff that goes on in the back end of entrepreneurship. Remember, you are not alone. Every business has a messy back end that needs a little attention. <laughs>